Hi, I'm Holly Cates, personal stylist and style coach extraordinaire. Hi, I'm Nolan Meter, celebrity stylist, shopping messiah, and accessory addict. We are the best friends that you never knew that you needed. We are the industry insiders and fashion's odd couple. In both of our everyday lives and at industry events, we see the best and unfortunately the worst in clothing and style. We are fashion partners in crime dedicated to stopping the most heinous of all fashion crimes on the street, the runways, and beyond. Join us as we take you inside our world, spilling the secrets of our experiences in the industry and inside our minds, judging people in the most loving way possible most of the time, and stopping fashion criminals dead in their crocs. It's more important than just the do's and don'ts. Jump on the Hot Mess Express as we teach you how to be your best and most stylish self. Hello, hey, howdy, and what is up? We are popping. This is Fashion Crimes Podcast, and boy, do we have a queen joining us today. First of all, I do want to introduce my bestie, my very gay mother, my mister, uh, sister from another mister, sorry I messed that up, Mr. Nolan Meter. <laughs> what up, Noli? I would still like that on a pillow. I know. We need to put it on a t-shirt. Nolan Nolan is in Texas right now, and he is working for the one, the only, the starlet, the queen of Dallas and the Real Housewives of Dallas, Miss Deandra Simmons. Yay. Hi. How are you guys? Ah. I'm good. I'm just going to pretend we're not in the same house and we're in different rooms. It's fine. It's fine. Like, Holly, I don't know who can outqueen the other one this I week. Mean, you know? it's, it's a tough job. I'm serious. It's a tough job. Now, I just want to thank you so much, Deandra, for joining us. This is so fun. And let me tell you, you are a hard bronco to saddle, my friend. I mean, we are not worthy. We are so grateful you're on. And no foreplay, like Nolan says, we want to get right into it. We want to talk about you. Thank you, Holly. We want to about you, your career, your skincare line, how you got interested in fashion. First of all, I want to know, of course, you're on the show, Real Housewives of Dallas, which we love. Of course, you're our favorite. Not, I mean, that is like, goes without saying. Well, it's not even competition though. Cause like, I don't really know the other bitches and the other ones that I do know make me want to jump into a wood chipper. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of stupid, but whatever. I mean, it's like a show about you and then they are just like the, the you know, the understudies, but you know, we'll unpack that Oh my later. God, you're killing me right now. I and the it. best dress because you do have the same stylist as me. Let's be I honest. Do. I do. Yes. I don't dress the same as you. Um, and so, of course, we have different areas that we like and different things that we wear, but it's fun because then we can connect about Nolan and we both love working with him. So that's really a lot of fun. But, you know, tell us how kind of you grew up and you got interested in clothes and fashion. I know you wanted to be an actress at one time. So go ahead and start from the beginning. When I grew up, I was always, from the time I was a little girl, I was always dressing up in my mother's clothes. And she had a pretty, you know, substantial closet back then because she was a model. She was a beauty queen. She loved to do the whole Dallas dress up, dress to impress every day of her life. She walked out of the front door looking like she was going to, you know, photo shoot every day. So I grew up seeing that. And then she also started me in pageants when I was little. And that was not my thing at all. I was going to ask you, were you, Mm -hmm. so you were on the pageant circuit for a minute and you were like, I'm, I'm done really a minute. If you blinked, you would have missed me. So, okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I was not about that. I was much more, let's see. I don't know how to say this. I was much more cerebrally inclined than the pageant ladies that I was supposed to be, I guess, competing against. I was, and you know, now it's more this education scholarship and all that, but I was doing the little miss. It just wasn't an in- interest to me. And at that age, at that young age, I still didn't see why would I want to be the most beautiful? I wanted to be the most, I wanted to be the straight A student. I was kind of a nerd, Holly. <laughs> yeah, I know. You have like six college degrees. Nolan told me that. I'm a total nerd. So being pretty was, and I wasn't the cute, I was, when I was telling Nolan, he knows when I grew up, I wasn't, I was cute for a little bit, but I was also as a child, very sickly. And I think you could see on the show this year on Real Housewives, we, they don't understand that growing up as a child, when you're sick and you're in the hospital, cause you can't breathe. I had asthma, really bad asthma. Oh, uh, okay. 
you are isolated from other kids. You're not playing the sports. You're not doing that. So a lot of times then kids become more creative and also they study hard. So I was interested in playing with the Barbies and my grandmother would make me homemade clothes for the Barbies and we would do little fashion outfits for the Barbies. (laughs) Now, now let me ask you, are you an only child? Yes, I am. I am. Well, I'm an only child until I was 18 and my father and my stepmother then adopted a baby boy. Wow. So I was off to college. And so I grew up as an only child, but my mother was in fashion and I best around the time I was, I want to say 10, 12, something like that. She decided that she wanted to go back to work because she hadn't worked since she married my stepfather and she was bored. And I was 12 and I was, you know, you know, everything at 12, right? Right. I thought I knew everything. I didn't need a mom anymore. So she went back to work and she became a manufacturer's rep and she worked for a line called Estelle Gracer. And she was making in the eighties, these knitted sweaters, early eighties. And they were kind of the hot thing. They were like these crocheted sweaters that right now you'd be like, oh, if you saw, but back then it was a 1980s thing. Right. And she was also selling uh, Patricia Rhodes, which is a couture designer and some other she had about eight, I think, lines at some point in the Dallas uh, Apparel Mart, which at that time was really hot in the early 80s. I mean, we're thinking oil, money, real estate. We had it all in Dallas back then before everything came crashing down. There was a lot of money here. And she had the best showroom. And so I would go to that showroom and I would see her selling these different lines and I would see the different Uh, Some of it was, you know, semi-couture. We don't have couture, obviously, but something that was high fashion. She would sell to Neiman. She would sell to Lily Rubin. She would sell to all of these boutiques and these also big department stores. And then she had a showroom at the Drake Hotel in New York. So I became interested in not only her, what she was doing in fashion through that lens, but also seeing my mother dress up every day of her life. Like she was going out to a photo shoot or she was going out. She was the queen. <laughs> she yes. was the queen every day when she got out of, out of the house and drove me. If she's driving me to school, she was dressed from head to toe, handbag matching, beautiful outfit, beautiful shoes. Uh, that's, that was her. She loved it. So she created a monster. <laughs> in me. Now she says to Nolan, I just can't believe she spends all that money. You let her spend all that money. That's just, she doesn't need to be doing that. And I'm thinking you kind of created this. I mean, <laughs> right. is, you know, exactly. Like the other day I saw her and she goes, I hope you didn't bring Deandra any new clothes. I said, actually this time I didn't. <laughs> yeah. She always says, because you know, Nolan, she's broke. <laughs> she, she, does, okay. she does say that, but lovingly. <laughs> uh, I well, think she just doesn't, my mother's very frugal now that my father has passed away. And I think maybe because she grew up so poor and then having money and then my father passing away and just being worried about money if you hadn't grown up that way. Right. Sure. So now you're in high school, you're going Mm -hmm. to, you're going to go to college and how, so what happens then? I go to college and I went to school in Virginia, women's college uh, called Sweetbriar. Mm-hmm. And I chose that school because my father wouldn't let me go to NYU. <laughs> so basically, I ended up going to Sweetbriar College. I had some different options. I had some Ivy League options as well. But Sweetbriar was the, the better of everything because I felt comfortable. It was in the middle of nowhere. And I knew I would study and make good grades. And I also wanted to ride my horse. And I wanted to go to junior year abroad. And it was the perfect thing for that. So I did that. And during that time, I never had heard of, you will love this. I got, I arrived on campus with all my very fashionable clothes, which in Texas back then, remember the eighties in Texas, big shoulder pads, big prints. We had a lot of, you know, Jan Barbolio type of things going on. I still can't get over Lily Rubin. I'm still like, I'm still (laughs) chatting over that. I'm like, did she just say to Lily Rubin? Like, okay. It's I like, don't know what that is. It's like, I know <laughs> you weren't born yet, but it's like casual corner. And I mean, it's just crazy to hear that name again, but yes, continue. So I, I arrived on campus, with all these clothes and these girls were wearing, I had never seen a pair of khaki pants on a woman before. I had never seen duck boots, which Nolan being from Maine and LL <laughs> yeah. Bean was the, LL Bean was the fashion. I didn't even know what LL Bean was. Yeah, I did actually find two LL Bean sweaters upstairs earlier, and I got so excited. I actually called Holly. I'm like, she has some LL Bean in here. I'm so proud. But I will say it's the only time I've ever looked in a sweater stack, and it went Brunello, Cuccinelli, and then LL Bean. It was a very diverse. You're an equal opportunity shopper. I give you that. 
Well, all of my great clothes, the women, so we would do little photo shoots at campus and the women would wear all of my clothes because I had, my mother had a few different sweater lines. So I had all the sweaters. I had the cute skirts. I had everything. And you didn't have any sisters. So that was fun for you. No, my mother still talks about all the girls on campus wearing my clothes and they still talk about it too. But the clothes were completely wildly inappropriate for a women's college in the middle of Virginia. Trust Mm -hmm. me. Did you show up to breakfast and like a silk taff at a ball gown on hot pink? Like, hey guys, basically. I actually ran for class president because I had been involved in student government. And the photo I used was me and my prom gown. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get a copy of that. Victoria Royal prom gown with this beautiful white pearl beading at the top and a gorgeous blue, royal blue taffeta, big, huge ball skirt. And I put that picture up. It was my resume. I was so proud. And everyone else was their little glasses and the duck boots and the khaki pants and the plaid shirts. And I thought, oh, God. I don't and think the Bermuda this, I don't shorts. Think, the Bermuda Yeah, shorts. nobody's going to vote for me, which I, I probably got <laughs> two votes. Who knows? But I did not become class president. I was I was devastated, too. <laughs> but at least you were the best dressed candidate. I mean, you know, uh, No one can take that away from you. Of course. Yeah, so, I mean, after throughout school, school was not my the highlight of my fashion moments. But then I graduated. I went to work in Chicago at a law firm. My father was dead set on me being a lawyer, so I had a degree in political science. And I immediately knew that was not for me. Then I came home for a little bit and I still was really wanting to stay in entertainment. I had been since I was five, wanting to be an actress. I had been a singer. I had taken all the acting classes, been in drama, even in college and high school and everything stage, every, all of the classes. So I ended up studying with a guy in Dallas uh, named Martin Giroux, who produced Terms of Endearment. He was also an agent on the Warner Brothers lot. He found Ava Gardner and Audrey Hepburn and Marlena Dietrich. And so right before he passed away, he was training me, so to speak, in the last years of his life. And he was amazing. I left Dallas, went to New York because I had my equity card in hand. I got it at the Casa Manana in Dallas, which was at the time the only equity theater. I think Dallas Theater Center was also an equity theater, but I got a, my equity card there for being in Guys and Dolls. So I hightailed it with a duffel bag and $1,000 to New York City thinking I was going to make it. Well, there's a lot more competition in New York City than there is in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I ended up, to make a long story short, I ended up being there and my singing voice wasn't as strong as the people I was competing with. And I didn't have an agent. I only had the one show or two shows on my resume. And I had our time. So I went to work at Saks Fifth Avenue and somehow I got a job with Rosemary Bravo. Do you remember her? Mm-hmm. She was the CEO and president at the time that she went on to recreate Burberry, the entire line to make it cool and fashionable again. So I worked as her assistant and then she offered me a position either in the store or as a buyer. I should have taken the buying position, but I was scared of numbers. Oh, me too. I, I started out, I was like, I'm going to be a buyer. I was like, uh, no, it's too much math. It's a, lot, it's a lot of math. I can't, uh-uh, no. Yeah, the math scared me. And I I was spending all my paycheck, Holly, you will love this, on, so I get my big paycheck, God knows what I was making, probably 20 something thousand a year at the New York store. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I would you know, save every little penny that I had and hide things under my desk and then run up my credit card so I could get one Valentino thing at 80% off. Right. <laughs> stashed under my desk or you eat ramen noodles all month because you yeah, got like exactly. a pair of manolos. Yeah. <laughs> so I was never going to have any money because I was the clothes. I just was in love with the clothes. And I ended up working in the store in couture designer and then ready to wear, which was the end of my career because I would sit in the floor and cry when I would have <laughs> 800 items to merchandise before 10 o'clock when the store opened. Right. It was like a horror movie for me when I saw that. It was, I'm not a merchandiser. That's not, if you look at Nolan knows, cause he's been in my house. Merchandising is not my thing and hoarding is my thing. And you have to be able to have a visually visual merchandising is very difficult. You have to have the eye for that. You also have to know where to put things and how they should be displayed best and when to get rid of things. Your brain (laughs) has to be wired spatially and analytically to be a really good merchandiser. And I I understand that because if you're staring at racks and racks and racks, you're like, I don't know, I'll just put this here. And then there is a reason behind where things are placed in a store. I mean, there's a whole science behind it and it can be really overwhelming if that's that's not your thing. So I get that. Totally get that. I had no background in merchandising. And so they gave me a a handbook. (laughs) Right. Okay. Good luck. I got the handbook with the racks. Yeah. And this is how you should do it. And 
good luck. And I just, I couldn't do it. It was not my thing. Now, as far as selling pieces to customers, I was great at that. I was, and that's why I was good in the couture designer area there because there was a few pieces to merchandise and then I was very good at selling. Mm-hmm. But I was also very good at not taking things back. I saved that store a lot of money. <laughs> 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 I was like, no, ma'am, you you wore that. I can tell right. you, you wore that. It is dirty. And right. you did not even get it, had the decency to get it dry cleaned, okay? All the <laughs> did you, did you ever have the people return it with the dry cleaner, with the dry cleaner <laughs> tag on it? Everything. I had everything. I mean, I had things that were obviously, they looked like they'd been rode hard and hung up to dry. And they were coming oh, back oh. and they were you know, shredded apart, falling apart. And there's no, and then of course everybody, they want a lot of times cash, which I'm not giving out cash either. Right, they have to right. go down to, down to the customer service for that. But at this, I mean, it's just ridiculous to have people bring back something. I would never return anything. The only time I ever return anything is if it comes to my house and it's the wrong size and I have to send it back. I didn't know you had such an extensive retail background. Yes, I do. And I love to sell. I do love to sell. And so when I do my trunk shows for Hard Night Good Morning, I enjoy that environment because I like to meet the customers. I like to talk about my brands, about my line, and I'm very knowledgeable about that. The part of setting up the hard night good morning stuff for display, it wants to make, I want to cry my eyes out. Right. It takes me a while because when I do, for instance, trunk shows with Carrie Birdingham, who's also on the show, she gets really frustrated with me. She's rather satanic, by the way. <laughs> it takes me about an hour to set up my things, but she has a few little bracelets and jewelry. And she's got a few little those display things that you just kind of pull out and put up. And it's a much different setup. And we get in these horrible fights. Because she says I'm selfish because I take up too much room in the car and it takes me too long and I don't need all this and I don't and I should be by the way putting all of my products that are in boxes and in bo- that are in boxes in boxes that I should be putting those in duffel bags which guess what would happen all the boxes would be crushed to save room and she doesn't understand my business and I don't get into her business because it's not my business at all. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and at least it's, you don't wear like highlighter orange faux fur Zadigan Voltaire coats because the last time <laughs> I saw her when we got into a little scuffle at Catch Steak. You got, you got into a big scuffle. We got into a, it was a big, it was not a little scuffle. It was a big scuffle. A I'll, I'll admit it. A <laughs> exactly. It was a situation as she would say. Um, and she was dressed like a creamsicle and it really bothered me. <laughs> it bothered me. Because everybody mean, else was looking great. And I was like, what is this coat? And I'm like, because you know what? She's actually pretty, but like you need the clo- you need better clothes because like, you just get it. Well, listen, I'm not a housewife and I get in trouble for shopping at Zadig. So that's a no-no. That's a, Nolan. If you want a friendship with Nolan, that's just where you cross the line. See, it's, just, it's not happening. So Nolan, what's your problem with Zadig? You're, did you get rid of my sweater that I had in the, in the closet? You mean the one that still has the tags on it? There was one with a, there was a sweat. There's a sweat uh, shirt, Zadig, that has the skull on it that I wear a lot. No, I didn't, but I did find a cashmere Zadig sweater upstairs that I don't know if you know you have. <laughs> Ooh. Is that, well, I, I guess I, I may not know after you leave either because it might go with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I have, like, I have, a, I mean, it might. I have a whole little pile for you of like, I don't know if she remembers she has these, so it's going to be like a Christmas present. <laughs> You'll see what you have with, that you haven't opened yet, actually. Well, I have like... I found like vintage the, Christian Lacroix. No, no. Well, for me, the Deegan and Bash bother me because I, and even Alice and Olivia to some extent, because you're paying for the label in a way that you just, you are for higher for brands like Valentino, but in a different way because Alice and Olivia is beautiful stuff, but the quality isn't incredible for the price point, you know, like the price performance of it isn't great. And the same is said for Zadig. I like Zadig, but I don't think their quality warrants their price point. I agree with you. And it, it took kind of took the come to Jesus to have, and he was like, you're not shopping there. It's too expensive for what it is. And I do get that. And they're such assholes and they don't take returns. And I'm sorry, it's just, I've never That's had a, a good, ex- I've never had a good experience there, but we'll, we'll talk about that. But we, I have been banned from BCBG as well because I had a BCBG oh, problem. Oh, BCBG, yes. Oh, but can go. I just get back to the Zadig? I am not in trouble anymore. Okay, so the Zadig I have is bought at that Neiman's last call, last call, last call, last call. Oh, it's well, then like that's paying. different. That's, that's different. different. Okay, that's that's fair. I've never, I don't think, I, I didn't even know, I thought they only sold it at Neiman's last call. <laughs> no, they have two stores. I've been to their one in Florence, I think it's in Florence. I mean, or truth, Holly, I'll be honest with you, I thought they only sold it. <laughs> no, they have two, st- they have a couple stores no, they have in more than, they have two and two or three oh, in New York. Well, don't yeah. shame me too much, Nolan. I'm not oh. shaming you too much. No, because here's the thing is you make up for the stuff that bothers me with stuff that like brings me life. So it's fine. 
I, on the other hand, I have Zadig and he's like, you're hurting my eyeballs. Not anymore. And then when we first met, I did have a BCBG problem because I lived close to one of the outlets and he was like, this is it. It's me or that it's, you got to pick. And I said, I choose you. So I I whittled down the the BCBG. I did have have a Henry Bendel bag, which Deandra, I'm sure you can vouch for me. She has one upstairs. I had a bunch of those and they were very practical. I agree. For working girls, they're affordable. I agree. Thank (laughs) you. And they just closed their, well, it's been a year now, but they've closed their store in Atlanta. And I was the only one who had a Vendel bag. I was the only one. And I loved the exclusivity of it, even though it was in the mall, no one even knew about it, but it doesn't matter. No one's crushed my dreams on that. It's fine. It's okay. I have better rags. I have better brands. It's it's good. But back to the story. I have three that you probably didn't see. (laughs) I'm sure they're hidden among the. I'm sure, the yeah, I'm sure she knew I was coming and hid them. Other bags that you have. Okay, so you left the retail industry, and then you're going to be an actress. You okay? So continue the story. So it's my acting dreams had never subsided, or so basically with the acting situation, it was for me timing. And when I studied with Martin Giroux, the gentleman I was talking about before. He said to me, Deandra, if you would have come to me and when I was doing this, I don't know, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever it was, he said, it's a long time ago because he was old. So I would say 50s, I guess. He said, you would have been, I would have made you a star. You would have been a star because you have that look, that classic beauty, curvy, sexy look. But back then we're talking early 80s, early early 90s. You were weren't looking for that. Yeah. Well, no, in early 90s, they were looking for people falling over needing a cracker, emaciated looking women. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So my body type at the time, even though I was a size four, I was considered fat mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I was I had boobs, I had a butt, I had thighs. I was what now is acceptable, but they've just made it acceptable in the last five years, pretty Correct. much. I would agree. Yeah, I agree with that for so sure. So no matter how and I was, I spent so much time, Holly, being sick from not eating. Like I would go two weeks without having a bite of food just because I needed to get my way in for the modeling and for the the agent to make sure I was thin enough. But then I couldn't think I couldn't function. And so at the point, and he just said to me, look, I don't think you should do this right now because it's not about your talent. It's about your look. Your look is Mm -hmm. not for this time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was really, I, so I tried, I went to New York. I went to back after I left New York, went home for a little bit, became a stockbroker. I don't know if you knew that. So I still have, I still actually, why not? I I still have, and I taught options trading at some point too, because I needed the money, but uh, I finished, I was the only person in my class in my group from my firm that that actually uh, passed the test the first time. And then I started teaching options and I started teaching the test a little bit for extra money. But I did that for a while. It just wasn't, I mean, I can do all these things. It's not my, my love. I'm mm-hmm. I like creative stuff versus logical left brain stuff. So then I went to LA and in LA, I just fell in with, I would say, let me just, the best way to say it was the wrong crowd and didn't really get to pursue the acting the way I should have because I made some bad choices which were revealed on Real Housewives on my second or third year. Uh, People talked about that, which it was not a story I was ready to share, but it's been shared and it was shared last week on the show too. So people make mistakes. I made mistakes. So I left there my early, I left there um, in the late 20s, ended up coming home. And then I went to Washington to work for President Bush because I had my background in government. But acting has always still been on the fringe with me until the right time, the right place. And then I thought, I love to cook as well. I love, I was on television for 20 years with my mother selling her products, Ultimate Living, her nutrition products, and then her DSIM and skincare line we sold on HSN and we sold to other Christian television outlets and also Hard Night Good Morning. So I've been selling these products with my mother. And so I was more of a host. And then I had a TV show in Dallas. It was a hosting show where I would interview different local celebrities and about, you know, their lives and their businesses. So I did, I did all those kind of things. And So it never really was, it was always at the back of my mind that hopefully I'd be able to do that because I love it, but housewives came calling and it wasn't exactly my ideal of what I wanted to be when I wanted to, when I thought about what I want to be on television or on the big screen, but it was a step of getting me back in front of a camera and feeling that feeling again and sharing my stories and it it just, you know, at the time they asked me the first year and it was not the right time for me. So I declined it. So that's very important. I have been 
you know, you're not the OG. You didn't start year one. And I was asked several times to start year one, but it, it, I had agreed to chair the UNICEF gala. I had agreed to chair cancer blows. I had agreed to chair the Salvation Army luncheon. I couldn't tell those people, oh yeah, now I'm going to be a housewife because some of those circles in Dallas were not going to like that. And I had given my word that I would finish this project. And once you, once I give you my word, I'm going to stand by it and, and finish it. That's just who I am. So uh, Housewives got me back in front of the screen and then also opened doors for me to meet other people in the industry that were going to give me more opportunities. And those doors are opening now. I can't really talk about what those are. Nolan knows a little bit, mm-hmm. but hopefully I'm going to be back into- Exciting things on the horizon. Yeah. Exciting things on the horizon in the acting world. And for me, that means I love the stage. Holly, I'd love to be back on stage. I I love the the thrill of live theater and- and having instant gratification, yeah. <laughs> whether, you're doing, whether you're doing a good job or a bad job, you know, immediately. I also love the tell, I love the small screen, the big screen. So hopefully there's some other things I have going on after we wrap housewives this year, as far as the, the airing of the show and then see what happens next year. But my contract, I believe, I believe my, I've fulfilled my contract with housewives. I'm not sure. I have to go check that out again. Not, not saying, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that when you're fulfill your contract, it just, it doesn't necessarily mean in my case that we can renegotiate because we're on a rate card, which is different than most franchises. So Dallas Housewives, Southern Charm, and I believe Salt Lake City are on rate cards. It's different for the other franchises. They have a different way of negotiating, you know, their, their contracts. So. Well, so how long have you been on the Housewives now? So this is my fourth year and the show's been on five. Okay. This is your fourth year. And so, Fashion and what you wear. I mean, you and Nolan select what you're going to wear and how did they give you a theme for each episode or do you wear, how does it work? Like, how do you pick what you want to wear? We pick what we want, except for, oh God, we pick what we want for the actual filming of the, the show. But then when it comes to confessionals, we have to have everything approved and reunion, everything has to be approved. So a lot of the outfits that I've worn at confessional and reunion are not things that I would, that would be my first choice, but they are things that the, that Bravo executives have chosen. They get to choose all of your outfits for a reunion and confessional. So every single thing, I mean, this, this confessional year has been hell for me because I would, I remember the first, second looks and the third one was a little bit easier, but the first and second looks I would, I gave them probably 35 outfits that I had to buy and sit in front of a camera and show them and they turn them down <laughs> and they keep going for very, for me, I get very simple styling. What is their basis on turning it down? They want, do they want y'all to look cohesive as a unit or what is their basis of that? For us, I, 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 I look at our show for me, for instance, they don't want me to look very pageanty as far as I can't have, you know, I, I agree with them. Don't look pageanty. But they don't let me wear blazers because I'm I have bigger breasts, so they don't like me to wear bra- blazers. I think I look, I guess, more top heavy. But then I I'm see. looking at Erica Jane and Beverly Hills, and all these women are bl- wearing blazers, and they do it in a way that it looks gorgeous on TV. But we're not allowed to do that. So, and also in general, I am not allowed to wear really flashy things. Where a lot of the girls on my show do wear flashier things. So. The first two looks this year were very simple. I had, literally, I wore the same dress this year I wore last year, believe it or not. It was just a different color. So the first one was that Jay Godfrey. It was a dress in the same top as the one I wore last year with a pantsuit. And it was just something that was simple because they liked the look of that cut of that top. And the second outfit was uh, uh, Alex Perry was an orange dress that had a corset top. Very simple again. The third one, though, that Nolan picked for me is a YSL blue, royal blue. What would you, how would you describe it, it's Nolan? It's sort of a, I thought it was really a bow, but I guess it's a, a knot. It's like a, it's kind of the shape of a bustier. It's a little cropped and it has like a, a, a slight little slit in between the boobs and this like huge bow looking knot that goes up over one shoulder. So it's one shoulder and it's, you look great in, in jewel tones. It's like a sapphire blue color. It's really beautiful. They let you wear that. They like the color, I think, and that's why they chose it. I don't know. It was more styled than the other the other things I've worn. And I've tried to throw some really expensive things in there, and I've been turned down. So, And it gets very frustrating because when you love fashion, you love beautiful clothes, and you love designer things, and you love certain designers, and you want to highlight that, and you can't wear it 
it, it's frustrating. And then also at reunion, I've had to wear very simple clothes almost every year. And the other girls have worn sometimes very high fashion designers, but yet I was, I had to wear a Badgley Mishka last year, which I love Badgley Mishka. It actually looked very good on me, but there were some other girls that were wearing, I don't know what, do you remember who? Alex Stephanie Perry. Was um, yes. Yeah. They both, Stephanie and Leanne both wore Alex Perry. Carrie, I don't know what she wore. There is no way that that ever saw an Alex Perry Liam's dress. No, no, it was Alex Perry. I just think she probably rented it or something. Uh, uh, no, no, no. If you would have seen the fabric in person, you would have died. Oh God, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was a knockoff. Ooh. Do you feel like they, it, it, do you just feel like it's non-fashion people telling you what to wear? I think that would be frustrating. It's because I guess. I do feel like that. I feel like that. I understand that they want, but then you look, okay, like you look at a new franchise like Salt Lake City and their fashion's over the top. But we don't get to do that. I mean, that's what really. I guess like we can do that in the sh- in the sh- in the show. But the problem is, you're filming in a pandemic. It's 150,000 degrees outside. Right. It, there was not a lot of options. In fact, Nolan had sent me some really cute things. But I said to him, I said, "I'm gonna. Would you say I'm gonna melt like Satan in Satan's basement?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I, yeah, I used Holly's line because I had like I came here and I did all of these like these looks and half like some of them I really loved so much. And she walks in, she goes, Nolan. It's 110 degrees outside. And I was like, oops. I know. I, I, mean, I guess I guess blazers are a no then. <laughs> I mean, so okay, they tell you what you can and can't wear. Well, that's annoying. So that's fine. And, and I had then, a gorgeous white. What was that white? Was it Carolina Herrera blazer? The white one that you had chosen for me with yes, this beautiful this, ruching. Oh. And it was perfect at the waist. And we had this gorgeous, I think we had a, like a, a nest, beautiful gold um, necklace gold to necklace. wear with it. It was layered and it was perfect. Nope. Uh-uh. Eh. So it gets frustrating because you do buy a lot of expensive clothes thinking they're going to wear them and then you can't wear them. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe I can wear them in seed. Well, when everybody's wearing yoga pants and you're showing up with with a beautiful Carolina Herrera white evening jacket, it kind of doesn't really fit the scene. But I started doing that, Holly, you'll love this. At the end of the season, I was so frustrated that I had all these gorgeous clothes I didn't get to wear because of yoga pants in every single, single scene. I finally just said, you know, fuck it. I'm just threw them all on and started cooking and my Gucci blouses and my Gucci pants and my you know heels. I was forget this. I'm going to wear these clothes no matter what. <laughs> I love that. And that's what I tell my clients. If you can't wear your heels, vacuum in them. I don't care. Find a reason. Yeah. Find a reason. Right. Do, do the other ladies on the show, do they have stylists too? Yes. So I believe, so Cameron, I know has one at Highland Park Village and I've talked to her before. I think her name is Becky or Becca. I'm not quite sure. And she works with her, but Cameron has a very particular style. Now she gets high marks for her style and I'll give her this. She at least is committed to it. You know, she very much likes the pink and the sparkle and she does wear a lot of pretty things. Some of the things that she wears on me wouldn't look so good because I'm not tall like that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, She's tall. She's six foot one. But, and then Stephanie probably has a stylist or a few stylists. I think she works with somebody in Net-A-Porte. And I don't know about, I, I think at different stores, she has different people. Um, Carrie, I don't believe she has a stylist. Brandy does not have a stylist. Brandy does not care one bit about clothes. And Tiffany has, yeah, Tiffany has different people, I think, in different places. So I think a lot of people like to shop at different places and they don't want to commit to one person when I, which I do understand that because they get different energies and different people pulling for them. So I do understand that, but it must be hard when you're like, I know more about fashion than most people just, you know, honestly, I'm just saying it's just fact. And then they're telling yeah. you no on top of that, which is, it's gotta be really hard. So I get that. Because well, it's not new for you either because I mean, you've always loved fashion. I know Nolan, I've had to pick him up off the floor several times because of Fashion Week. I mean, (laughs) I know it's not your favorite, favorite place, but I do have to say I do enjoy meeting you and seeing you there and going to shows with you and going to lunch with you. you. And it's, you know, I do think it's sad, but what do you think Fashion Week, is it going to come back harder, stronger? Nolan, I've talked about this a thousand times, but what's your prediction? I think people are tired of sitting at home, honestly, yeah, and tired of not being able to dress cute and go out and, and see other people. And women dress for women. We don't necessarily dress for men. I mean, we dress so other people go, oh my gosh, she looks so good. <laughs> like the exactly. shade, the shade. Oh, I'm like, look, look at her. You know, I had a miss today. <laughs> right, right. So it's, I, I think it'll come back. I don't know. It just depends on the New York climate and the mayor and how, 
when they open things back up, but I do think it'll come back bigger and better than ever. But I'm more interested now because I'm kind of exhausted with the New York Fashion Week a little bit. I hate to admit that. Yeah, but- no, it is. And and now you had said that last time. You're like, I'm done. This is my last one. And and I get it. And that's why Nolan and I we have such a great system because we we like to share. We like to bring others who have never been and experience it. And if you get a show I really want to go to, please go because I don't care and vice versa. And I have, you know, he's like, look, I got to be with Deandra. Go. I mean, like we have a really great relationship when it comes to pushing each other up and mm-hmm. take this. I don't want to go. I have to, you know, it's just a lot of fun. So we, if it weren't for Nolan and you and other friends that we have, I wouldn't do it by myself. I'll tell you that. I wouldn't do it. No. A lot of the fun is, you know, like it's nice. I think it's only happened maybe twice or three times, but when all of my fashion friends end up at one show like this or the past, oh my God, I can't believe this week. It was literally a year ago tomorrow. Can you believe it? Mm-mm. Oh yeah, that's right. Because we're <laughs> in year- February. I know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to me. A year ago tomorrow, we were all at Cynthia Rally together. So it was really fun that all of my people, like we got to go to a show together and see the clothes together. And we were all seated relatively close to each other. So that was really fun. Like that's one of the happy memories I look back on when I think of, you know, how miserable fashion is at the moment. That was one of the most fun shows I've been to. That was was because Nolan, all of your people were there and your friend Margaret was there. Deandra, I think you're friends with her as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought she was really cool. I felt like we were spirit animals. I haven't had a chance to talk to her, hang out with her, but I would love to. Love Marge. Love her. Margaret. We love the Marge. Real Housewives in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. She seems amazing. But do you think as a, you know, a person who has been in retail, I know you're in cosmetics right now, uh, sorry, skincare. Do you think that a lot of designers, because I know they felt this way before, they're like, it's too expensive. I'm not doing it. I'm having a presentation or we're doing it virtually or having a photo shoot. Do you think it's going to be like a lot of designers realize they can't afford it and they don't want to do it or it's not worth the money? I mean, because it's millions. I mean, millions upon millions. What's your opinion about, you know, having a turn in fashion week and and maybe it just goes to virtual? What do you what do you think? I do think that you're right because I see more and more the presentations talking about Alice and Olivia. They have a presentation. Nolan's gone with me every time. To that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. At least I, they've had that for several years. I don't know if they had fashion shows before I started going. but I don't know if they did either. Yeah. I do think, though, that the cost, I mean, there's a difference with, I also believe that the people that are in Europe will spend money on those European fashion shows because you're thinking about a different client than an American client. Those women that come from Asia and from the Middle East that have, you know, untold amounts of money that they can spend on this, these clothes. There's not that many American women that do that. I agree with you a hundred percent. Well, there was an article that came out about like couture and it says that I think it was like over 50% of the, of the women who buy couture are either from China or the Middle East. Right. Right. They're all from, they're all, like I said, Asia, they're someplace in Asia, the Middle East. We just, and we don't understand couture in this country. I'm sorry to say that in general, I'm generalization. You think couture, oh, that's a couture piece of clothing. No, it's not. A couture piece of clothing is something you fly to Europe for and you're going to spend, in my mind, my girlfriend that bought a couture gown, I think she spent a half a million dollars on it. Okay, so that's couture. That's Mm -hmm. not, I mean, couture, people think they're going to spend you know, 10, 15, 20, 40,000 on something that has couture. And that's not what I know is couture. There's just not a lot of people that have that budget. Now you can buy maybe a hundred thousand dollar Birkin and not think a big thing about that, but they're not going to buy a dress that's a hundred or two hundred grand. And then wear it for three hours, right. and then there's nowhere to go. I mean, unless you're the, like I said, the Duchess of York or the Queen of Saudi Arabia or what? I mean, Princess of Saudi Arabia or whatever. I mean, it's just the American culture is not that, and that's that's the difference. No, it's definitely not. So I just see designers continuing to spend money on those fashion shows, maybe in Paris and London and places that it makes sense to do that. Yes. Here, does it really make sense? Probably not. So the presentations where you can just have a few cocktails and few models walking around and people that spend money can feel like, oh, I was invited to something special or a party or something like that. The runway shows where you're spending millions and millions of dollars in the United States when you're not going to see the ROI, and I'm an ROI person. I mean, that, everything I think about is, like, what's my ROI? When people want me to put my my products in these gift bags and all that, there's no ROI for me. Yeah, you're just doing it as a beginning. favor. 
You're just doing it. It doesn't do anything. I don't get anything off of it, to be honest with you. Oh, well, you're getting your name on the program. Nobody looks at the program. Right. And you're getting (laughs) in the bag with 50,000 other things. So, I mean, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to go and FabFitFun at 2 million boxes and they're going to pay my cost for the product. And then I'm going to see what the ROI is because I haven't lost anything. Right. No, I giving Right. Giving products to people. And then having to pay to get products to people too, on top of it, for me, I'm a little company that makes, it makes no sense at all. <laughs> None. And, and, you know, and I'll, I'll never forget when I was interning, I lived in New York for several years before I got married. And, and when I was interning at the Betsy Johnson showroom and her daughter mm-hmm. Lulu was in the marketing department, smoking cigarettes in the back <laughs> office, you know, and talking to her friends all day. I mean, I, I'll never forget that. And she, the fact that was... They were on the cover of WWD and she said, Betsy said, we're not going to do our show because it was in the tents and it was like the untouchable to do it in the tents. You could only get in if you're on. I mean, nobody could get in unless you were a buyer. And so Mm -hmm. she did it at her beach house in the Hamptons. And that was the first and that was the first time I'd ever seen that. Um, And all the Mm -hmm. models came to her house and they did it in the backyard at her pool for free. I mean, that's yeah. what she did. And she was a big deal in the 90s. I mean, she oh, was yeah. a very big deal. So anyway, I just, I was just curious about your opinion. And and I know that people come to you and, you know, I know you're being pulled in a million directions and people always want a piece of you and they want free stuff and they want this and they want that. And, and as much as you give, you know, you have to put a boundary I mean, I'm not Matt. I totally understand that you're like, I can't give away 400 boxes of the L22 or whatever it is because that, yeah, it you doesn't just can't it, do it. And I'm too, I'm too small. If I was owned by L'Oreal or by Estee Lauder, it'd be a different story. But a small company, you can't do that. You got to think about how you spend every single dollar and what the next steps are. And honestly, for me to put more on my social media, which I have not done, and I've talked to Nolan about that, I really need to do that about my products and, and highlight it that way would probably be a better ROI for me because right. it people would see me using the products and I have done videos. I just need to update things. People would see me using the products and then they would understand it a little bit better and know how committed when I did those Facebook lives and Instagram lives, I was getting great sales because people realized, wow, she really knows her brand. She's committed to her mm-hmm. brand. She's developed these products. So it's just, I think right now, Holly with, the pandemic and then we were filming the show and then now the show is on there's and I have a podcast too I don't give her up there's a lot of moving parts in my life and I need to be able to manage it I'm not great at time management honestly and I get stressed out is your skincare your first love uh, my skincare is yes hard naked morning is my first love and then ultimate living was my mother's company and I have nutrition products in that company and I have redeveloped and or actually I've made some new products redeveloped some older products we have a new product called LKB which I thought would be perfect after this uh, COVID pandemic it's liver kidney and bladder and it's great to basically it's formed with antioxidants that are I don't know how to explain it. Redox coupling antioxidants. So basically they go in and it will cleanse your liver, detox your kidneys, detox your bladder, which are the three organs that really keep you healthy because everything, all your toxins go through there. So that is a product we just developed and I have been working on it for a long time. So, and I went to naturopathic doctor school, so I do know how to formulate products and I still stay up. I get all the the different, you know, rags of that industry too. And I stay involved in what's new and what new products are out there and who's formulated a new zinc and who's formulated a new lutein or who, why this is better and why that's better and what the new green food is. So when I want to make something, I use all the best ingredients. Same thing with the skincare. I love that. You're like, oh yeah, I went to this school too. Oh yeah. And then I was alert. And then I went to and worked for President Bush. And then I did the, I mean, it's like you don't stop. I mean, you find something that's of a very admirable quality. You find something you want to do and then you go to school for it and then you just do it. Okay, queen. Well, I love to learn and I love studying. In fact, the one thing that I have, I would say that I really miss and I just you know, I, I grieve, I guess the grieve would be the best word is my time alone reading books. That was my favorite thing I used to be able to do. And I just can't read anymore. So I just, I don't have the time. Unfortunately, I don't even really have the time to watch TV. The only thing I watch is that chef, the chef show or it's the chef's table, chef's table. Cause I want to know about where the hot restaurants in the world are too. I love to eat. (laughs) We all love to eat and we love to eat with you because I will say going out to dinner with me. (laughs) 
is a treat because Dander's like, we'll have this side of the menu. And then when we're done with this, we're going to have this. I'm like, amen, sister. Like, I'm, that was great. We just, what was it's it? funny because even after like terrifying amounts that we eat at dinner and it's not like we're eating like 18 kinds of salad, we're right. having 42 kinds of pasta and fried oh. chicken and whatever, you still manage to fit into the clothes somehow. And it's really annoying. It's it's just really, it's just always a pleasure to to see you and eat with you. And I, I mean, you're just, you're a lot of fun to be around. And I just want you to tell everyone where they can find you. So if somebody was want to, does want to try your product or watch you on the housewives, tell, you know, give us your spiel. Where can we find you? And I'll send you some Holly too, because I don't think, I think I've sent you some before. Yeah, you, have you tried? Yeah. Okay, you have tried it? Yes, okay, I have, I the, you I have your older stuff. I don't have your new stuff. Okay, okay. Well, I'll send you some new stuff then. Oh, so, um, And also, you. you're into health, right? So yeah, I'm very into will, fitness, yes. Okay, so the LKB, I'm going to send that to you. I have a brand new box that just came from the manufacturer because I just formulated it. and We just put it on the website. So try this liver, kidney, bladder. You'll love it. And especially after what people have been through stress-wise and eating-wise over the last 12 months, it's a great way to reset your body. I love and, that. Um, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I think you're really going to like that too. So it's, you can find me at Deandra Simmons, D-A-N-D-R-A-S-I-M-M-O-N-S on Instagram and Twitter. And then my name is D-Apostrophe, capital A-N-D-R-A. The last name is Simmons, S-I-M-M-O-N-S on Facebook. And then my companies are Hard Night, Good Morning, and Ultimate Living. And you can find those also on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter sometimes. <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, not as much. Sometimes, much allegedly. As- Allegedly, you can find it on Twitter too. No, you can't. Um, it just tweet. I don't tweet as much from my businesses as I do from my personal. So, and I have to also, you know, tie my fingers up at times, like for tomorrow night. <laughs> well, people don't know that. People don't know that you like have to. You have to approve that. Like, that you can't just tweet whatever you want because there are consequences if you like get it if you tweet something badly. Yeah, I have to be, I have paid the consequences. So now I like to send my tweets off to my PR team. So they make sure that they're okay because you want to be funny. I think uh, we need to be shady and funny, but you don't want to have, you know, an all out war on. No, I mean, (laughs) believe me, you have enough drama on TV. Okay. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. You have enough drama. I I don't know how you handle it. I, I don't know. You're much stronger than I am. You're much more resilient. Wow. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on and enlightening our listeners and being such a good friend and being such a good friend to Nolan and to us and for Nolan for wrangling you and making you do this interview. We're so grateful because I know how busy you are. And I just, I can't wait to see you again. I hope I see you soon. Well, I can't I- wait to see you too. We will. We'll get together soon. And when New York opens, I want to get back there so we can go have a nice meal and, and go to some fun places and, and look at some cool clothes like the Lux Market. I love to go to that place. Oh, oh that man. place is great. We have to, I think, I think we take London Fashion Week next. That's my... Next, okay, Holly, that's the thing. I, you have to promise me that when we the Fashion Week comes back that you will go with us to London Fashion Week because I want to do that one next. I had so much fun. It was great. I keep telling you, don't invite me because I'll come. I keep saying that. Be very clear if you want me to come because I will There's come. A, there'll be some really good food on the menu. There. Oh, I'm <laughs> that's true. Super, oh. I'm, I'm. I mean, definitely. And I do want to leave you with this. Did you die when you saw Nolan? Did you die? Nolan looks amazing. I mean, he looks incredible. Did you die? Incredible. I did. I had forgotten that he had, you know, Nolan had gone through this whole transformation this year and I totally forgot about it. And then Jeremy calls me and he goes, have you seen Nolan yet? I go, no way. He goes, oh my God, he looks so different. I go, oh yeah. He was on that walking program this year and he was watching what he ate. He was, and he lost, I mean, I don't know, Nolan, if you want me to talk about that. No, it was a lot. No, it's fine. But my favorite part was I walked in and like, I can, cause I can wear nice clothes now. And I walk in and she's like, is that Liberty? And like, she could like, now you can wear it too. I mean, it's, ins- it's, it's just insane. And our other dear friend who was on the podcast, she's my new friend, but Nolan's friend was like, holy fucking jawline, Batman. I was like, you have yes. cheekbones. He's like, I've always had cheekbones, bitch. I said, but I've never seen them. I said, I, you have cheekbones now. You have an Adam's apple. You have a jawline. And thus begins my whore phase. I mean, that's okay. That's what you should be doing. You're young and single. Okay. You don't need to be thinking about settling down with nobody. You need to be having fun. That's right. 
you need to be having fun and being safe and being good and taking care of yourself and visiting. You know, you visited Deandra. Now you come to have to visit me. And then we have to go visit Deandra. And Deandra, don't be shocked. We'll be come knocking on your door. You'd be like, uh... Okay, I didn't know we were doing this, but sure, come on in. But that actually happens a lot here. <laughs> that really does happen a lot at her house. They're like, I'll come downstairs and I'll be like, Oh, I didn't know you were here. Hello, how are you? Like, and I'm like, Did you know they were coming? Nope. <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. No, didn't know. Well, it's funny because I didn't want to call Holly. Out. I didn't want to call Nolan out because I'll tell you something funny and I'll leave with this. So I tend to go up and down in my weight in my lifetime, and people will be like, Oh my god, you look so skinny. And they'll be right. It was always right in front of you know someone who didn't know I'd had a weight problem or a guy that I had been dating for two weeks. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, you cannot even tell. I mean, you cannot even shut tell. Up, you mean hag? <laughs> I mean <laughs> And Nolan is like a passing us like a ping pong ball. He's like, it doesn't matter. Dander can wear it if you can't wear it. Or if if you don't like it, Holly will wear it or whatever. So he likes to use us as chess pawns, you know. Well, yeah, you two other. have similar tastes. Like you don't have the you don't buy the same things, but you like similar things. So like the Roger Vivier boots that Deandra loves and buys several times over. I said to Holly once I'm like, you need to see these. I don't want them. They're too expensive. Puts them on. Oh my God. And oh, thank no, you, Deandra, yes. for that. Now oh, she I just love- got another pair this week i got the now i got the other ones that you have sorry calling you out not afraid well um, you got another pair i didn't know anything about so um you know i don't think are we the same size nolan no i'm <laughs> yes, seven. actually you are oh we are yeah we are so since i can't find those because they're gone because somebody didn't tell me about them oh, <laughs> sorry not sorry but you do it but she already has those nolan she has them well, in hers black. are light hers no she has black and she has light pink you have black and white Beige. The beige. The beige. The military beige. Well, my favorite part of my skinny legend journey in Texas was I also have shopped for Jeremy DeAndre's husband a couple of times. And one time I picked out this fabulous bomb on blazer for him. And I've always wanted to wear a bomb on blazer. Well, I just like happened to be in the closet and I was like, oh, wait, we're, we kind of wear the same size clothes now. So totally without asking, Deandra's like sitting there doing her makeup. I come out and I'm like, I really just think I should take this jacket because I'm like sitting there in her husband's blazer. I'm like, see, I bought this. I have great taste. Like, look how good I look in it. <laughs> oh, it how really- funny. It was so funny. I know. That was great. I mean, oh you, there's no stopping him now. Will you come back? You, will you come back, please? I'll come back because we have, we really didn't get into our favorite fashion. I know. I know. We'll okay. do that the next time. This is okay. part one. Come back for part two. Bye, Deandra. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you. This is Fashion Crimes Podcast, and we are loving this episode with Deandra, Real Housewives of Dallas. Thank you so much for listening, and we are out. I'm Holly Katz, and you've been listening to Fashion Crimes Podcast. You can follow Fashion Crimes Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Do us a solid and go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week as we investigate, discover, and laugh hysterically at ourselves and other people. Thank you for listening.